Welcome to America's Pal. I am your host, Darren White. This is the number one rated podcast being recorded in my man cave. Um, you can find us everywhere podcasts like to hang out, Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, um, anywhere that you can find a podcast. You can find us on YouTube, Rumble, look up on YouTube, America's Pal. Um, you can check out the website, americaspal.com. You can email me directly with all of your complaints, hate mail, love mail, all of that good stuff at darren at americaspal.com. That's D-A-R-R-E-N at americaspal.com. I know for the past couple of weeks, I have been telling you that we would have uh, carrier pigeons is also another source for you to enjoy the podcast. Unfortunately, with the whole bird flu outbreak, that's been an issue, and my producer, Mr. Olnut, wait, I don't have a producer? Oh, I'm, I'm, so who's Mr. Olnut? It's, no, 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 I have a producer. Okay, okay, we do have a producer. Anyway, Mr. Olnut decided that uh, he would cancel the order for the carrier pigeons and thought it would be a great idea to use monkeys to spread the podcast everywhere don't have internet or anything else. And when you know it, here we are with monkeypox. So, uh, again, with his invaluable foresight, um, there's no carrier pigeons and we have no monkeys. Um, I'm telling you, if he goes to the flying monkeys, then this thing, is, uh, this thing isn't going to work. But anyway, uh, this week we're going to move into a, a little bit of a lighter topic. Last week was it was a difficult topic. It was an important one. Um, Karl Marx and how he, how his Marxism is amongst us today, and it's come to come to fruition. It was a difficult one to, to dwell on. It was a difficult one to study. I'm I'm still learning more and more about the tentacles of Marxism that have been through running through our country for now now a century. How it's worked its way into our churches, our education systems, the teachers unions. Um, it's, it explains so much about society, where society is, where the heart of our society is today, why God can't be found in any of what used to be just a normal institution and the chaos that surrounds it and always has every time anything like this has been tried and, it was difficult, and it took a lot to shake. Took a little bit to get my smile back, get uh, back to the humor that I enjoy. I'm not that pessimistic worldview kind of a person. I'm the kind of guy that actually enjoys going to the DMV. I can, I can crack jokes, and um, it's. I always in any uncomfortable kind of a setting. I always try to make it my mission to bring a smile to that person on the other side of the counter. Um, I remember Christmas last year, this, you know, it was, it was a weird Christmas with people fighting through COVID, fighting through the lockdowns, getting closer to finally having uh, a, a Christmas. So this, the stores were were busy. Boss man sent me for the Christmas party, sent me to uh, to Publix to uh, to get the platters for our company Christmas party at the uh, at the shop. And went over to the seafood desk and the lady behind the counter had 
you know, she was a, an elderly lady, but just had had enough. She had had enough of everything of the Christmas season, the spirit, the, the angry customers, because you imagine people for nearly two years at that time being locked up and finally let out of their cages and they rush the counter. So she, she wasn't having a good day, but I'm there to pick up this uh, shrimp cocktail platter. And I mean, she's there making it when it had supposed to have been ready a couple hours before, but didn't matter to me. I see all of these people standing in line and they're all, some of them angry. Some of them are making the best of it. She's kind of losing her cool a little bit. And I'm there 20 minutes and I'm cracking jokes with the people standing there, you know, the stuff that they can't find because, well, that's not on the shelves and all that. So finally, the lady behind the counter, she hands me this uh, shrimp cocktail platter. And all I see coming over the counter is the sticker on the front of it says shrimp are ready to eat. And then I realized my mission. It was, I got to get a smile out of this lady. So as she's handing me the platter and she's ready to move on to the next customer, I, I just kind of, I say, ma'am, ma'am, I'm. This 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 platter, I, I see the sticker on it says the shrimp are ready to eat. She goes, yeah? I said, well, what am I supposed to feed them? And the only person that didn't crack a smile or laugh out loud was that poor lady behind the counter. She goes, sir, it means they're ready to eat. They're cooked. Everybody else thought it was great. It was, you know, that annoying dad joke that everybody kind of uh, <laughs> enjoys or doesn't, but... That is my nature. And delving into something as heavy as it was last week, I it took a little bit to kind of, okay, reset, recharge, cleanse the palate. But if you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode, not only was it true, this is all true, it was important because there's hope at the end of that message. So I'm an optimist. I look forward to the best in our nation, the best in my neighbor, the best in everything around me, the opportunities. We make the best of them. We move forward. We get stronger. So last week was an opportunity to find, you know, you don't get solutions if you don't have the, if you don't have the root cause. And that's what's, it's, that's what's bothered me so much throughout my life is, Anytime somebody complains about a problem and then the root cause is never brought up, it's just how we're how are we to react to it. Well, if if you get sick, you go to the doctor, you want to know what caused it, what brought this on. Now, granted, the past two and a half years, um, nobody but a couple of people, Rand Paul, Ron Johnson, some people like that, are really interested in the cause. Because that's the only way that you can prevent something like that from ever happening again. But we always squabble over the knee-jerk reaction. Do something now because something must be done. Doesn't matter what it is. And I tell you, I've been saying this now. As long as I can remember, just doing something just to do something doesn't solve anything. So... Rather than look for the the knee-jerk reaction, let's do more legislation. Let's ban guns here, ban guns there. The argument on itself, on on face value, is nonsense. The data doesn't prove that. Your emotions do. So 
last week's episode, it was let's get to the root cause of our society. Why why are these horrible things happening? Why are they happening more frequently? So I'd like to move forward this week to, you know, kind of get into something a little bit lighter. So I've got I've got misinformation, I've got mis- Mr. Information, we got disinformation, we got dad information, we got information out the wazoo this week and in the weeks to come. And before we get into all of that, I'd like to get into something on a on personal note. Over the weekend, my oldest nephew, the son of my twin sister Kelly, or Kiwi as I call her, and she calls me Dearie, um, my oldest nephew, Tyler, got engaged to his girlfriend, Elizabeth, over the weekend. So I'd like to say congratulations to Tyler. It has been it has been amazing watching him grow up, grow into the man that he is, um, and, and watch his faith grow, watch his personality, his sense of humor. Um, so I'm just, I couldn't be happier for him. And um, Kiwi, I, I do apologize that first time you let me take him to the mall and I lost his brand new shoe. Um, regardless, two decades later, I have no intention of replacing that shoe. So today, before we move into our our topic, um, we do have yet another deadbeat sponsor. Um, we still don't have any paying sponsors, which is fine because I can make up my own just as good. And yeah, I guess they don't they don't pay as much because well, it's me, and um, I guess I could call that a capital expense. If I just had some capital, but regardless, this week we have a brand new deadbeat sponsor. So before we move into our weekly news outbreak, let's listen to a word from this week's brand new Deadbeat sponsor. This portion of the program is being brought to you by the Holy Hand Grenade of Antioch. Have you encountered a rabbit that is dynamite? A vicious chicken of Bristol? A knight who says knee? A taunting Frenchman? If so, then Brother Menard's Holy Hand Grenade of Antioch is the thing for you. Beware, the holy hand grenade of Antioch is a powerful weapon, and only Brother Menard can share with you its power. Brother Menard. And Saint Tatella raised the hand grenade upon high, saying, O Lord, bless this thy hand grenade, that with it thou mayst blow thine enemies to tiny bits in thy mercy. And the Lord did grin, and the people did feast upon the lambs and sloths and carp and anchovies and orangutans and breakfast cereals and fruit bats and large tulapas. And the Lord spake, saying, First shalt thou take out the holy pin, then shalt thou count to three, no more, no less. Three shall be the number of the counting shalt thou count, and the number of the counting shall be three. Four shalt thou not count, neither count thou two excepting that thou then proceed to three. Five is right out. Once the number three, being the third number, be reached, then lobest thou the holy hand grenade of Antioch towards thy foe, who, being naughty in my sight, shall snuff it. The holy hand grenade of Antioch can be yours for only five quid, but if you act now, you can get two for ten quid, or three for fifteen. Please send all complaints to DarrenAtAmericasPal.com. That's D-A-R-R-E-N at AmericasPal.com. 
Welcome. And welcome back to America's Pal. Um, that's definitely a product I'm going to have to look into. Who doesn't need a holy hand grenade? I mean, dynamite rabbits. Um, yeah, definitely something I need to get into. But this week, let's jump right into this week's news outbreak. Let me explain. No, there is no time. Let me sum up. Queen Elizabeth celebrated her Platinum Jubilee this week, celebrating her 70 years on the throne, making her the second largest serving monarch behind only Nancy Pelosi. Papa Biden to spend to send Zelensky his weekly allowance. This week, it's $700 million with some really whiz-bang rocket systems. When asked, the Russian President Vladimir Putin said, If I make big donation to Biden Foundation, do I get another red reset button like we got when we gave big donation to Clinton Foundation? President Biden had to be evacuated from the civil servant's fourth vacation home when an aircraft accidentally wandered into his airspace. As an extra layer of defense, the president informed the Secret Service that he had evacuated himself during the evacuation and would require another pair of presidential pants. Actor Johnny Depp wins his defamation case against actress Amber Turd. The settlement requires that all Americans will now be required to describe their restroom visits as either an R. Kelly or an Amber Heard. When asked, Depp, Depp stated that he was happy that he could finally get back to musing about his affection for famous actors that assassinated Republican presidents. The national average for a gallon of gas reached a new record this week at $4.76 per gallon. When asked, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said the administration was proud to be breaking records across the nation. As the nation suffers through the worst inflation in decades, more seniors come out of retirement and join the workforce to make ends meet. When asked, President Biden said that this is more evidence that his administration is creating jobs at a record pace. Breaking news. CNN to cut back on their use of term, the term breaking news. In an attempt to regain their footing as a traditional source for news, CNN boss Chris Light said, We are truth tellers focused on informing our viewers, not alarming them. Executive ed- editor of CNN Politics, Allison Hoffman, requested clarification on that statement from the new boss, asking, what are viewers and what is this word truth that you keep using? John Hinckley Jr., the would-be assassin who shot (coughs) President Ronald Reagan to be unconditionally released from his mental hospital later this month. He hopes to continue working on his music. The Recording Academy has set aside the Grammy nomination process and issued Hinckley a first-ever Grammy for his non-musical work back in March of 1981. From the Irony Desk, as baby food gets nearly impossible to find, original Gerber baby Ann Turner Cook passed away this week at the age of 95. An optimistic President Biden says he hopes to get baby formula back on the shelves in less than 95 years, but can make no promises. From the fear porn desk, just ahead of this summer's latest COVID plague season, monkeypox makes a startling mad dash for first place. Dr. Fauci issued a statement on the virus saying that general population should be safe from this virus, unless it isn't. Regardless, it's imperative that you wear a mask because... It's effective, unless it isn't. 
remain indoors for the next two years and wait for another vaccine that won't work. From the Skynet desk, according to Forbes, Facebook was forced to shut down one of their artificial intelligence agents engines when it began creating its own language that humans can't understand. Upon further research, the AI chatbot was simply transcribing everything Joe Biden has said since 2019. Constitutional expert Joe Biden said that the Second Amendment was never absolute. In a rare public appearance, former president and founding father Thomas Jefferson shouted, Why the hell did we say shall not be infringed then, you mindless Tory? And lastly, from the science desk, from the trust the science desk, California has reclassified four species of bumblebees as fish for their own protection. No word yet on which of these two genders of which of the two genders of flowers the newly minted fish prefer to buzz between on terra firma to promote botanical procreation. And that sums up this week's news outbreak. This portion of the program is brought to you by Irish Winter Bar Soap. Winter is coming. You're going to need a bar soap strong enough for the winter, not the spring. Irish Winter Bar Soap is strong enough to wash away a thousand years of battle. Lifetime of pestilence and plague will melt away. It will wash away famine brought upon you by a winter's icy grasp. Irish winter bar soap is made in a cauldron hotter than the very surface of a thousand burning suns not seen here in generations. It's made with the lie from the ashes of our ancestors who died in the battles of kings and emperors. And it's blended with the crumbled ruins of our castles from days long ago. Infused with the healing of the red clover, the bluebell, the meadowsweet, and just a dash of the poison of Paul Grosmary. Prepare for the winter with Irish winter bar soap. Strong enough to wash away the winter as you pray for springtime. Welcome back to America's Pal. This week, our theme is the beatings will continue until morale improves. Seems a bit ominous, but uh, really kind of seems like what's been going on here lately. I'm buzzing back through the this week's uh, news outbreak and a couple of the headlines. Um, in the midst of all of this, the Queen celebrates her Platinum Jubilee. Does anybody care? I mean, really, here in America, does anybody care that the Queen has sat on the throne for 70 years? I mean, it's not even really a monarchy anymore, except that everybody gets to spend, everybody in England gets to spend quite a bit of money making sure that uh, she and the family, except for uh, uh, the the black sheep one and uh, his American wife, don't get any extra funding or anything like that, but... Really, pomp and circumstance in England, that's that's news. Like even Fox News ran it nonstop. Like, really, that's the best y'all can do. Um, but, yeah, she is um, the longest-sitting monarch and uh, 
the second, because Nancy Pelosi, as, as we all know, has been in office since 1871. Her, uh, her niece uh, was actually Margaret Sanger. Believe it or not, that's a, that's historical fact. You can, you can look that up. Uh, yeah, Nancy Pelosi's niece was, was Margaret Sanger. Um, her nephew, Woodrow Wilson. Unbelievable. Who knew? But, uh, yeah, so Nancy Pelosi is actually the longest-serving monarch, and uh, she's, well, she's, she's spent her time in, in Congress since 1871 actually trying to make this a monarch. So, um, just just thought that was interesting that uh, we're celebrating Platinum Jubilee for uh, a monarch this week. Just, eh, well, good for them. Uh, Zelensky gets another seven hundred million dollars. Uh, why? Like, really? We're we're just funneling money over there now. And sure, it's a bad thing. It's a bad situation. Russia's bad. Uh, so is Ukraine. I, 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 I keep bringing this up. The whole Russian, um, the whole Russian misinformation. Everybody was, you know, everybody made so much fun of Mitt Romney back, uh, 2012 during the debate when he said that Russia would be the largest, our biggest geopolitical threat. And, and believe me, even though I supported him embarrassingly, uh, enthusiastically, Back in 2012, um, note to self: don't make that mistake again. Um, he was right to an extent, but he was viciously mocked. So anyhow, he loses. What does Obama do? He sends uh, he sends Hillary, his Secretary of State, over to Russia to meet with Medvedev and uh, brings a. Fancy new reset button. And at the same time, you know, quick donation to the Clinton Foundation. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, the majority of our uranium gets shipped off to Russia. So (laughs) nothing to see there. But at the same time, and here's where, here's, I don't know why people don't put any dots together. It's just like, hello, TV, tell me what I must think. Um... At the same time, Hillary was pushing the reset button with Medved, and Obama was caught on a hot mic saying, hey, tell Vlad that after this election, I'll have more flexibility with our nuclear proliferation. Okay, so, all right, so obviously the Obama administration, the Clinton Foundation, uh, the Clinton family, sure, they're all very, very pro-Russia, pro-Putin. You remember, I seriously, Look back. Do you remember all of the pictures of Vladimir Putin without his shirt on riding a horse? And all of the kids all over social media, yes, I said kids, um, were blasting this picture of, here's a big, strong man, blah, 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 blah. We love this Putin. They're, <laughs> they're, they're saluting the red flag of Russia back during the Obama administration. At the same time, at the very exact same time, uh, Vice President Joe Biden has his son placed on the board of Burisma. Well, who cares? He's, you know, that's what happens. Politicians, their kids get placed on boards. How many of them get placed on a Ukrainian oil and gas board? 
making like $80,000 a month or whatever absurd amount of money they were paying this crackhead. Oh, yeah, he is a crackhead. It was in the laptop, which they said wasn't real, but it is. And it wasn't Russian misinformation, even though Nina Jankowicz said that it was Russian misinformation and 50 top intelligence agents said it was misinformation. But no, Hunter Biden was sitting on the board of Burisma, which was a Ukrainian oil and gas company. So you got the vice president getting money from his son through Ukraine, and the Clinton Foundation is getting money from Russia through the Clinton Foundation, which has always been widely known as a massively charitable organization. Um, I mean, it's, it's somewhere around 1% or 2% of the money that went into the Clinton Foundation actually made it to people that could use a couple extra bucks. Um, Apart from the politicians and the you know the hand washing and all that, but here we are. We've got Russia and Ukraine. Um, then Hillary Clinton doesn't get elected, and it seems like maybe that kind of put things in a little bit of a tailspin. Obviously, once she didn't get elected, the Clinton Foundation all but dried up. You know that well kind of ran dry a little bit, but the uh, the Biden machine seemed like it was working just fine round the clock. Um, Biden's wealth when he wealth when he left office was uh, somehow magically grew exponentially odd. But uh, then all of a sudden, this uh, f- actor guy Zelensky gets elected president. Donald Trump does what presidents do. They call another f- head of state after they either get an election or they topple their government. And it seems like a good idea to say, you know, how do you do, and and all of that. He calls Zelensky, congratulates him on his election, and then warns him that, by the way, there's uh, corruption all around you. Be very, very careful. And it's odd that Burisma was running former President Poroshenko and that Joe Biden told Poroshenko that they're state attorney, so to speak, uh, who was attorney general, who was investigating Burisma, who was cutting checks at $80,000 a month to his son uh, for their corruption in the uh, Ukrainian government, said, hey, you need to fire this prosecutor. And they're like, well, we don't really want to. He's like, well, that billion dollars worth of aid that we're supposed to be sending to you... um, yeah, you're not going to get that um, unless you fire this prosecutor. And then Joe Biden says, "Oh, you don't think uh, you know, you don't think the president's on board with this? I'll get him on the phone right now." And then to quote Joe Biden, "Son of a bitch, wouldn't you know it? Within six hours, that prosecutor was fired. So no more investigation into the Biden family's interest in Burisma and corrupt Ukrainian politics." So they go through all of that. They they impeach uh, at uh, you know the whim of a whistleblower that uh, Adam Schiff kept touting that he had these bombshells. And then Donald Trump does the unthinkable, releases the transcript of the phone call, and it's just a stupid phone call. 
It's the same kind of phone call he made to the uh, was it the prime minister in Australia when uh, when after that election, and they leaked that. See, look, he's colluding with uh, Australia now. So they impeached Trump over that. And then wouldn't you know it, a year after, yeah, a year into uh, Joe Biden's term, after winning the most votes, <laughs> winning the most votes in any election in American history, 80 million people supposedly voted for this knucklehead. Um, after winning all of those votes, um, Russia and Ukraine are at war. Who'd have thunk it? So, now, forgive me if I, I find it at least a little suspicious that we're sending every week, what was it, $40 billion? It's more than the... the it, it's an insane amount of money that we keep sending over there, and it's week after week. we got to send them this. we got to send them that. It's for the children. I, okay, enough. I got it. You two corrupt countries sort it out move on, and leave the American public out of it. we got problems of our own here. And if that's too isolationist, then, well, so be it. Whatever. I, I really don't have the heart anymore to play this corrupt government versus one corrupt government game anymore. We have been doing it my entire life. What did we do in Afghanistan for 20 freaking years? More money, more money, more money, more lives lost. Let's get in here. Let's pit this one, this uh, th- this one Taliban guy over another. Let's take Erdogan. Let's take um, Yemen. Let's do this. Let's move this around. Let's chase weapons of mass destruction, all in the name of war. Which is funny because over the past two years, what's the only uh, big institution that's gotten left out of the cash game? Let's see, because uh, the medical field has gotten plenty of cash. Look at. Pfizer, just this past, just the quarter, first quarter of this year alone, Pfizer's recorded, what, a record $6 billion in profit. So Pfizer's gotten their checks and the uh, research and development and um, the NIH and the, uh, um, the scientific community's gotten plenty of cash. But guess who's been quietly sitting on the sidelines? That's right, kids. The military-industrial complex has had to sit quietly after they pulled out of Afghanistan, um, unceremoniously, I would say, at best. So the military-industrial um, complex is like, okay, when's our coin? Where, where's it at? And then right on cue, here we go, Russia and Ukraine. See, now, we're not sending our latest weapons, our F-22 Raptors and things like that, over to the Ukraine. No, we're sending our old stuff and then go, hey, look, our supplies are low. We keep sending all this stuff to uh, to Europe. And uh, we're going to need new stuff. So here we are, gung-ho, yay, yay, yay. Let's go ahead and build all new stuff. Then, bada-bing, bada-boom, Raytheon, Lido's, Lockheed, Boeing. They finally all get their cut. So we're, we're ramping that up for them. So... Um, yeah, it's funny that uh, Zelensky got his $700 million allowance this week, and um, the press is just kind of like, yeah, that's just, just how it is. You know, we, we just do these things. This is, this is how it works. Um, so that, in a nutshell, is why really I, 
it's not that I don't have the energy, but at the same time, at least be skeptical just just a little bit over are we doing the right thing here or are we just doing something just to do something again? Hey, something's got to be done for the children, for the poor people of Ukraine, blah, 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 blah. There are poor dictatorships all over this planet and we've not done them any good. You know, they, they could use food. They could use all that. We quit producing grain and food and all that. We used to be the world's bread basket. We're not that anymore. No, that was Russia's job. Oh, by the way, how much was a loaf of bread this week in your grocery store? Mm, yeah. Went up a little bit. And then, and then, the national average for a gallon of gas reached a new record this week at $4.76 a gallon. And it's... It's as if, huh, somebody turned off the tap. Well, I remember January 20, somebody somebody got sworn in and then they signed like 107 executive orders and it's like one of those was something to do with pipelines and our energy production and, huh, yeah. And then the oil futures game started going through the roof. Hmm. Nothing to see here. Moving on. Um the nation is suffering through the worst inflation in over 40 years. I mean, I was a toddler when we were coming out of the worst inflation. So, no, I, I don't remember any of this. So it's kind of like that meme where it's uh, Bart saying to uh, Homer, uh, this is the worst um, This is the worst uh, inflation of my lifetime. And Homer pats him on the head and says, no, 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 no. This is the worst inflation so far. So, at the same time, then they stick a thumb in the eye of um, pretty much anybody who held Ronald Reagan in any any sort of high regard. Maybe if you're on the conservative side and and you have a soft spot in your heart for Ronald Reagan for taking us out of Jimmy Carter's malaise and all that. And what do they do? They turn John Hinckley loose on the world again. Jody Foster, look out. You might have a new man. Um yeah, let him out of the mental hospital unconditionally. So, I mean, no probation, no check-in with the, you know, medical doctors or a therapist or, uh, you know, not even a recommendation that he go get a therapy hamster or, or anything. No, just, hey, John, have fun. We really like your music here at the, at the uh, medical hospital, but uh, the world needs it. So, uh, yeah, John Hinckley gets to go play music and uh, live his life out after killing um, uh, Jim Brady and uh, ass- attempting to assassinate who missed he missed Reagan's heart by an eighth of an inch. Hmm. It's a good thing that uh, Reagan was such a cold-hearted bastard that his heart was just too small to get hit. Um, now, of course, that's what they'll tell you anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, good good for John Hinckley. You know, he's earned it. Um, what else do we have here? Monkeypox. Monkeypox. When was the last time you were worried about monkeypox? I. What is a monkeypox? Is it? I mean, I mean, is it like the little little monkeys and they they get this uh, they they get this pox and so you they put them all together and then all the little monkeys they get their their monkeypox. No, huh? No, it's a it's a 
smallpox related. They have been talking about smallpox for two years. Huh. And uh, it affects a certain community in Africa. Very, very similar. Very similar to a certain community in Africa back 40 years ago when I promised a vaccine for HIV AIDS. Um, but nothing to see here, but they're bringing that back. So uh, we're going to dust off that old record. Everybody get afraid. Everybody get back into your previously labeled groups. Um, be afraid to touch anybody. Be afraid to hug anybody. Um, 20 people in the U.S. have it uh, as of now, but uh, um, every single one of you is going to get it. Uh, so just kind of an odd coincidence that we're dusting off something like monkeypox that uh, uh, the CDC will tell you is spread by a certain group of people. And uh, Dr. Fauci is at the helm of that with yet another vaccine. That's a lot of fun. Um, so here we are. Oh, I got to get, I got to get this one though. This one's fun. Um, from the trust of science desk, California actually did. They reclassified four species of bumblebees and they called them fish. Um, because when Ronald Reagan was the governor, he, he signed into a law, um, uh, this, uh, uh, Endangered Species Act, and it covered four different uh, four different kinds of uh, um, animals, and uh, bees weren't included. Uh, you know, insects, bees like that, but fish were. So rather than change the law because they're having a problem with bumblebees, you know, um, pollinating, producing, reproducing, growing, and all of that, um, they're like, I know, let's just find a scientist that will t- say. That bees are now fish. Why? Because fish, invertebrate, and bumblebees are invertebrates. So that's the same thing. So yes, bees can now be fish. Which I happen to notice that I have a a spoon that's also not a vertebrate. It's an invertebrate. It's not... I think we can classify a spoon as, as fish. At this point, science really doesn't matter. It's like, whose line is it anyway? The points just don't matter. It's you Just just throw it out there. See what sticks to the wall. Um, fish are bees. No, bees are fish. Um, we still don't know how many genders of flowers there are. And this is bothering me. And, and I think actually that's probably the, I think that's actually the real problem with bees right now is they don't know because they have been told their whole little lives that flowers are only two genders. You got the pistol and you got the thing with the and the and then they go from one to the other and and they, you know, they get the little uh, pheromones and whatnot all over their their legs and then they go and they bing bada bing bada bang bada boom, you make baby flowers that way. Um but they've been told there's only two genders of flowers. You know, you got a male flower and a female flower. Imagine how confused a bee might be in California. And then Throughout the rest of the country, when um, there's, I mean, it's only fair that flowers could be gender fluid as well. So um, I think just the bees are all really confused and they don't want to offend. But at the same time, it's like, look, I know I'm not here doing my job over here, but I want to make you feel good. So 
I'm, I'm thinking really that is uh, that's that's what brought us to this whole issue with bees having to be classified as fish, and it's inclusive, and that's important as long as as long as the bees get to be included into the fish community. And I'd, I'd really like to see how they they. they they try and live in the same habitat as fish do, but that that'll be interesting. But uh, anyway, so the the beatings will continue until morale improves. Um, this seems to be the mantra of the Biden administration: is we are going to make things so bad until you get happy. Um, we're looking at gas prices again. Back to the gas prices. Four dollars and seventy, what six seventy? I, I think over uh, the past couple of days, it's now somewhere on the mark of its. I know here in Orlando, it's near five dollars a gallon. It was like four eighty nine or something here in Orlando. And I, I listen to a lot of just your local radio, local broadcasts, uh, local news stuff like that. And one thing is, is I always look for patterns in anything I hear, be it on TV, the local news. Um, no, I don't watch any Fox News at all. I, 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 I don't. And uh, the only thing worse than that would be watching CNN or any of that because it's, I, I can't take the repetitious propaganda. It's just propaganda. There's no real thought. So anyhow, no, I, I don't get it from uh, get any information. Really, there's, there's really nothing to glean there anyway. Um, Tucker, I'll, I'll tune into him every once in a while. I'll, I'll give Tucker a shot here and there. But uh, no, local stuff. But you look for patterns. And then they go to their national news desk. And then the news reporter from, you know, the ABC affiliate, you know, if you're listening to uh, Cox Radio or if you're listening to Clear Channel, whatever, they go to their national news desk and they read off their script. And it's exactly the same. So the one thing I noticed, this has been going on about two weeks now. I'm driving down the road and uh, I... We have two different uh, local news channels and on my drive-in, so um, I got about 25 minutes or so. And I flipped over to one and caught their talk on uh, the problem, the reason why gas prices are going up. And then I flipped over to the other one a few minutes later or later on in the day or whatever it was and uh, heard the same exact thing. I'm like, I'm on a different channel, but it was the exact same thing. The reason why... The reason why gas prices are so high, get this, it's awesome. It's your fault. It is your fault. It's your fault. It's all your fault. It's all your fault. You are why gas prices are so high. Yep, that's it. That's the problem. So all you got to do is don't buy any gas. Quit going places. Quit going to work. Um, it's your fault. Until demand drops inflation gas prices are just going to keep going up it doesn't really sound like supply side economics to me but uh you know the consumer you're the one at fault until you stop consuming so i got to thinking about that i'm like well they can't they can't seem to figure out memorial day weekend everybody everybody went and traveled record travel even though gas prices are so high gas prices are so high and they can't figure out why people are still traveling. Why are they driving down their highways and they're seeing all these cars, parking lots full of, uh, you know, full of cars. Why people are going to the grocery stores. Why, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at it like, well, 
what in the hell has gone on for the past two and a half years? Please, please, let's just at least be a little bit reflective here. The government, the federal government, your state government, your county government, your local governments, your dog catchers have all said, stay indoors, shut your life down, don't move, sit here, wait for their instructions for two and a half years. They've done this. And every time, every single time, something happens to where it's like, hey, we might be on the verge of getting back to normal. What do they do? Slam it shut again. Nope, 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 nope. The infection rate's back up, blah, blah, blah. You know, you're going to kill grandma again and uh, shut it back down. So people have literally been on absolute nutso, nutso edge for two and a half years. And then finally, finally, after the lockdowns, the, um, what are we at now? Two, six, it's like 1,300 and some odd days to flatten the curve. Um, oh, by the way, they are saying now that there's no herd immunity. Oh, got that. Hmm. Good, for, good to know. But uh, after, you know, 1,000 days of fear of how many funerals got missed? How many funerals weren't able to be held? How many people's remains had to be cremated when against their wishes, but there was no other way because you couldn't hold a, you couldn't have a funeral. You would get arrested if you went to grandma's funeral. In New York, Andrew Cuomo was responsible for the death of 10,000 people in nursing homes. He filled nursing homes with the most vulnerable, and he filled it with the disease. Pull them out of the hospitals and send them to the nursing home so it doesn't look like a hospital death. Um, how many funerals got missed? How many weddings? Um, I know back at the start of the pandemic, financially things for me and my wife were actually in a really good spot, and we were we were musing. We were, we were toying with the idea of maybe... We haven't never had a chance to go to on a honeymoon or a real vacation, the two of us. And we're like, we might be able to swing maybe, you know, a little trip to Ireland or something and and do that. Then the pandemic hit and uh, that, you know, right out the window. But then how many families wanted to go on a vacation for two years? Couldn't go on a vacation. Cooped up in the house with their little ones for two years straight. Think about Think about that. People that are used to just farming their their kids off to the public school system or to the daycares and all that, all of a sudden you've got all these professional people who've never encountered a child any more than 12 minutes in their life, all of a sudden cooped up in the house with the little crumb crunchers for two and a half years. Imagine how terribly awful that's got to be. So here we are now, pandemic over. Um, yeah, I said it. Everybody's saying it. People are done. No more of the pandemic. Shut it. Move on. Case closed. Dr. Fauci, move on into your retirement or else we're going to investigate you. Move on with your life. So what does America do? We moved on. Now, some of us have to go to work, jackass. So when you wonder why people are buying fuel, why they're getting on airplanes, why they're getting in their cars and going to work, why they're still at four dollars and seventy six or four eighty nine a gallon right now? 
why they're going on vacations, why they're going to funerals, why they're going to weddings. Um, it doesn't take a rocket surgeon to figure this out, numbnuts. You've cooped up the American public. You shut their economy down. And you know what? They're running their credit cards up doing it. They've been cooped up. They've lost their fortunes. Well, middle America lost their fortunes. Um, everybody in the white-collar, you know, top-down uh, government, anybody on an executive board and all that, they did just fine. But no, us little people, you know, the peons. Yeah. Yeah, we suffered. Some of us are still finally digging out of that hole. So we say, you know what? Forget it. Pandemic's over. You finally... You dummies at the CDC finally can't say you have to wear a mask on an airplane. And then they go, huh, everybody on the airplane is really happy now. They're not punching each other, except for Mike Tyson. But, yes, people are traveling now. People are, are still buying fuel because they've been cooped up in their damn houses for two and a half years. But we're going to keep beating you. We're going to keep beating you. The gas prices, we're not going to open up anything. We're not going to open any wells. We're not going to restart construction of the Keystone, which won't have any effect for the next 10 years, but guess what it does have an effect on? It has an effect on futures. And fossil fuels is a futures-based thing. If you make it an unfriendly environment, well, the investors say, hey, cost goes up. It ain't rocket surgery. Again, this isn't complicated. So, they're going to keep beating you and blaming you. It's like, uh, God, what was just in the news recently about domestic abuse? Huh, what was it? Oh, yeah, the actor that really likes uh, uh, famous actors that murder Republican presidents and uh, uh, has been blonde actress. Yeah, that one. Domestic abuse. Yeah, that was all over the headlines. It's the same damn thing. It's it's the federal government. It's Joe Biden. Every time he says, you know, you know, this is, you know, people have to stop consuming. People have to stop driving. They have to switch to the electric car. It's it's the abuser. It's the domestic abuser in the in the beer stained wife beater T-shirt smacking his wife around saying, do you see what you make me do? That's the mentality of our government right now. So, Yeah. That is why the beatings will continue until morale improves. And you know what? You don't have to be on the circus. You don't have to be on this merry-go-round. The problem is, is that both sides of our government, our local governments and all that, they all want the same thing. All it is, is it's a, it's a method to control. It's a method to push the masses. They used to call it social engineering. Um... I kind of feel like more, it's more now of a Cloward and Piven kind of strategy where you just overwhelm the system with more and more horrible things, devastating things, breaking things, things that are catastrophic, economics, war, health, all of it. Just overwhelm the system until it collapses, which is a, it's a, it's a Marxist, Nate, it's a, it's a Marxist uh, scheme where you can't just come in and say, by the way, we're going to change your government. We're going to fundamentally transform your government. Um, you've got to do it subversively. Um, look at January 6th. 
The beatings are going to continue until morale improves. Guess what? I think anybody involved in January 6th gets the point. You have people who have been in prison since then with over misdemeanors. People that just wandered in. Cops were holding the doors open. Do I sympathize with anybody that wandered in there? Do I sympathize with anybody that barged in there? No, not at all. It's catastrophically stupid what happened. But no, it's not the death of democracy. It's not the worst thing to ever happen since the Civil War. It's not worse than 9-11. You can't claim it is your 9-11. It was a riot. You numbnuts were fine with riots back in 2020. Just fine. They were mostly peaceful. I mean, apart from everybody getting shot and looted and businesses burned to the ground, $2 billion in damage, um, you know, lives destroyed and all of that. Um, you're fine with those kind of riots. So here we go. Um, the January 6th committee. Now they're going public. It's made prime time. Uh, who is this? Uh, what's his name? James Goldston. Uh, he's the former president of ABC News and a master documentary storyteller. He ran Good Morning America and Nightline. Has joined the committee as an unannounced advisor. That's from Axios. Um, they're going to go public with this. They're going to go prime time. He's going to put all of this together in a way Americans have never seen it before. Complete with it. bombshells. They got they, they've trotted out Adam Schiff again promoting this. Bombshell, bombshell. Okay, all right. Get a shirt that actually fits your neck, little guy. Stop talking. Go to your room. You brought us the bombshells during the Ukrainian impeachment. That went really well. You gained a lot of credibility there, Adam. So anyway, they're trotting him out on all the networks talking about how important this is because, you know, it's important for us to make sure that the public is swayed in the right direction. So... Um, yeah, they're going prime time with this. They're beating this dead horse. This is stupid. It was a riot. Grandma out in Wisconsin who traveled to the Capitol to see the president and all of that. Sees an open door with a nice police officer ushering her in, wanders in, and she gets like six months. <laughs> Grandma. So, yeah. Um, but they're going to keep beating this people just to make sure that the rest of the American public knows who's boss. Um, of course, it is the people's building. Yeah, we're, we paid for that. Um, anyway, uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, uh, Monkeypox, we went through that. The More of the scare de- uh, scaredemic. Oh, get this. They're changing their tactics here in Orlando. Um, the, uh, I don't know what uh, .org is pushing this vaccine thing, but now... I thought it was funny, is they're pushing the vaccine again because, um, well, they're not selling a whole lot of it anymore. People are like, eh, it doesn't work. Why take it? And that whole, you know, it'll keep you from getting sicker thing doesn't work. So what are they doing? Okay, occasionally they'll, they'll play an ad and it's all in Spanish on the, you know, the .org or, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Whoever sponsors that, you know, they're required to by the, uh, the FCC or whatever. But uh, this this one is new one I heard today on the way home from work. Um, yeah, we're, we're our 30 trucks. We spend, you know, eh, roughly $20,000 a month on fuel. Thank you, Joe. Um, but on the radio, 
they're doing this ad for the vaccine, and it's in broken English. I uh, don't even know what you would call it. You can tell it's two Hispanic fellas. I think it's one Hispanic fella, you know, kind of like my uh, um, Holy Hand Grenade ad, you know, where it's one dude does two voices uh, from uh, of similar dialects. And it's not in Spanish. You'll, you'll hear a Spanish word here and there, but it's just really broken English. So I'm not really sure if they're trying to reach us that don't speak Spanish and maybe um, it's us that are trying to learn Spanish should take it. Or if it's for Spanish people that don't know their own language, I don't know. It's um, we have a large, you know, uh, Latin uh, community here in, in Central Florida, especially Osceola County. Thank you for voting the way you do. Uh huh. It's worked out great. Um, but uh, yeah, it's funny that they're pushing the scare tactic. You know, I hear you know the um, I you can take out the word, you can hear the word vaccine or uh, hospitalo. It's really like somebody who doesn't speak any Spanish actually trying to sound like they speak a Spanish, you know, like when I'm at work and, you know, something happens and I say, lo siento, no es pupu. I don't know. I made that up. It sounds like it's Spanish. And no, I'm not appropriating anybody's culture. But I can tell you what, selling uh, selling the vaccine, it sure sounded like they were appropriating our culture. I mean, they did everything but wear a sombrero on the radio. That's what it sounds like. So, yes, terrifying. So they're going to keep beating you with uh, COVID. It ain't going away. They're still beating you with this. Um, You got Pfizer. The CEO of Pfizer is crying that the poor countries of the world aren't taking the vaccine. They have billions of doses and nobody's buying it. Um, These poor countries. And his thinking is is because that they... They don't have the media to tell them they need it um, and that they're not educated in the safety and need for the vaccine. And he's discussing this with Klaus Schwab, um, the benevolent Klaus Schwab, who if there ever really was an actual Dr. Evil, it would be Klaus Schwab, um, discussing how that uh, we really need to push getting the information out there. So essentially what they're saying is the Amish are right. See, the Amish don't get COVID because they don't have television sets. So the people in these underdeveloped countries who really aren't really having any real, they've had some troubles with it, yes. Uh, Omicron especially, that was fun when it came, uh, when it first hit the scene uh, uh, earlier last year. And yeah, they were getting a bunch of cases in Africa, but nobody was really dying. Um, and it's also odd that, Countries like Africa, or you know, the continents in like Africa, um, even the Middle East. There's drugs that are just you know, they're they're handed out there. So one of them they've been calling a horse dewormer. It's called ivermectin, um, hydroxychloroquine. Did you know in France that you could get that off the shelf until they found out it was effective and free, or you know, dollars um, a dose. Um, but yeah, so COVID's not going away. Um, and here we are with Joe Biden's general malaise and this time it's not Jimmy Carter smiling at least Jimmy Carter Carter seemed a little bit lovable I mean befuddled and you know difficult to understand at times but he at least seemed kind of genuine he recommended put on another sweater if he can't afford to turn the heat on and things like that 
Um, but Joe Biden, this administration, they're just flaunting it. The beatings will continue until morale improves, and that's been the mantra. Um, we're going to do our very last um, deadbeat sponsor break, and we're going to wrap things up. So um, stay tuned for this week's closing, and uh, we'll uh, listen to what this uh, last deadbeat sponsor has for us. This portion of the program is brought to you by Moly Moly Guacamole. It's never a mole steak to enjoy moly moly guacamole whenever you're on the job. Fook me, it's delicious. This sort of thing is my bag, baby. It will make number two work for you. It's better than pork pies in a bag of trout. Even after they pay me, I'm going to melt the world with liquid hot moly moly guacamole. My father would womanize, he would drink, he would put moly moly guacamole on meat helmets. It's like catnip for clones. It's delicious, but not quite evil enough. It's quasi-evil. It'll put a load on deck that would choke a donkey. It's gonna start a fire. I put it on my baby. Mmm, everybody likes their own brand. But moly moly guacamole is the best. Yeah, baby. And welcome back to this week's episode of America's Pal. That brief moment of silence, as I told you before, was um, the uh, Secret Service's new technology where they can actually listen into Joe Biden's inner monologue and anytime it shuts down um they can shuffle him off as a stage so actually anytime uh it shuts down like you just heard where there was absolutely nothing going on they know hey he's uh flatlining up there so we better get him off the stage so that was live that was actually live inside the brain of joe biden just now anyway i'm going to close with this idea it might be um a bombshell idea but here's a thought 1960s, we pulled God out of our schools. And then society started crumbling in a hurry. Just pulled him out directly. They left a vacuum. So there's, there's no God, there's no faith in God allowed in our schools, in our society. And it creates this vacuum. And it's, it's just, it's filled itself with um, whatever inner desire it might be. Every man's their own God, which is the idea of Marx. And what would be what would be the worst case scenario if we just said it may not be a bad idea to reverse course? I mean, you can believe in him or not, but maybe reintroduce him. Let the world meet him. Let let America meet him. Let our students meet him again. Uh, make it available. Offer. Hey, if you'd like to pray, we're here to pray for you pray with you um just a thought that in the world of darkness that we're in right now and people wondering why things are devolving so quickly um maybe give god a chance back in our schools i mean it's been since the 1960s and how well has it worked for you where's your reward so think about throughout this week um we're going to be wrapping things up, but tune in next week. Rumor has it, 
We might have a very special ex-president as one of our deadbeat sponsors. He's about an expert on what is a deadbeat. Anyway, tune in next week to America's Pal. And we're going to go into how great our America is. Until then, we'll see you in the next